And welcome back to another part train. Uh, this is Evan Singer and Matt Cermak. Yo. Uh, we are here for, normally we do this on Sunday, we'll do this on Monday morning. Uh, this is a special one. We haven't done tour specific in a little while, but we yep. thought it was necessary considering the odd circumstances, the first major of the year. Yep. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, but, and the winner, Colin Marikawa, obviously we're going to go into his history, but the par train, in case you guys are new and thanks for joining, uh, the par train's about making your life better on and off the course. Ultimately, we make life less frustrating than your golf game. We have interviews from PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, and more. We'll teach you to learn, to laugh through every up and down, harness the power of the mind, and get back on track, both on and off the course. Uh, before we do, we got to talk about our sponsor real quick, Roback. You guys have heard us say it. Uh, we got a new code for you, uh, 20% off. This is a nice code. This is a great use, code. <laughs> use the code <laughs> TRAINLIFE. Uh, and get 20% off at Roback.com. Some summer polos just dropped. New masks are out. You tried the masks. Aren't they incredible? Yeah, the masks are they're amazing. I think I've got four different kinds. Yeah, uh, I just got two more of the new jukebox, <laughs> like the 80s you know, design. They just, feel, they just feel great, and, and especially um, like investing in a mask because we're going to be having these for a long time. But like when you have to work out in a mask, that was the moment for me. Uh, like, and you've got just some like shitty cotton mask or something, you know? Yeah. Um, so they're great. Uh, polos are flying off the shelves. I mean, they're, they're popular. Um, but yeah, I mean, us Midwesterners, you know, we're going to get probably a cool breeze here in about six, seven weeks. So take a look at the vest. Take a look at the long sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, know, you guys have those. been, thanks for uh, using the code. You guys have been buying thousands of dollars in gear. So I yeah. hope you're enjoying it. Um, but okay. So let's talk, uh, we're going to do a quick recap of the event, right. And our takes on what happened, uh, what stood out to us. And then we're going to do a deep dive, um, for all you old time listeners, you know, we've done, we've called it Wikipedia Chronicles. We've called it the life of, uh, it for other tour pros talking about their life and some facts. Maybe you didn't know. We'll do a mini version of that with Colin Morikawa because we think it's relevant, but first let's just start quick with our overall take with the first major of the year happening in August at TPC Harding Park in, in San Francisco. What stood out for you? Um, it was really cool to see a major again. It was really weird to not have any fans. I think it's been weird to not have any fans in general at tournaments, but when you think of majors, man, there's no, you know, the roars are just unlike anything. So the players talked a lot about that. I think it, you know, and some of them are very candid. It helped them, you know, maybe right. some of the guys with a little less experience, maybe a Scotty Shuffler. I don't know what he said specifically, um, but Paul Casey even talked about it. Um, Jason Day did too. Um, but so that um, another thing, the golf course, you know, honestly, I'm, even with the President's Cup, Tiger, one of Tiger's famous shots, um, and Tiger was famous for beating John Daly there in the WGC. I didn't really remember the course at all. I didn't know a lot about it. I kind of liked it more as the weekend went on. Um, it's cool that it was in a Muni. Um, a lot of the holes looked the same, but I thought it was set up really well. So um, the, I thought the rough was great. Um, and then, you know, you, we almost had a six, seven-person playoff. <laughs> you know, and I thought it, it, it really, I mean, for a first major in a pandemic, you couldn't have asked for better theater, better drama. And I think we're going to talk about some of the storylines. 
Um, but um, I thought that was just so cool. Obviously, Morikawa clearly outright won the event when everybody else was everybody was shooting 66 and 67. And he goes out and shoots 60. So um, all things considered, <laughs> it was amazing. It was, and, and, and back to the public, you know, Harding Park, like golf is on the rise right now. And I thought about this, like record tee times, record involvement, people getting into the game. And showcasing it at a public golf course, um, the first major again, I thought was very fitting uh, for yeah. the state of the game. And because people are going to tee it up there tomorrow, you know? Right. And um, so that was, uh, those are kind of a couple of things for me. Yeah, no, those are all great points. I think uh, for me, it brought back a lot of memories. You know, I lived in San Diego for three years. I live in LA now. So when I go down to San Diego, I'll play Tory. I literally moved in the city of San Diego so I could play Tory Pines for $30 every weekend for three years. That residency. So it, it felt like the Northern California version of Tory Pines. Um, but to me, the thing that was that felt the coolest, besides the fact of your point, six or seven guys coming down the stretch, that's what makes the Masters so amazing. So with a Masters postponed till November, it was actually like the perfect stand-in, even though it wasn't April. But as the first major of the year, it actually did a great job replicating the theater of the back nine, as cliche as that sounds, for the Masters. But uh, no, for it's me, a good point. For me, what point. was so cool was I forgot how great it was to have West Coast Prime major golf. golf. <laughs> like I played at noon on Sunday, which normally would be a no-no, right? Like right. now I'm going to be missing it in Pacific time. Right. Normally ends around four. You missed the whole thing. But luckily here it ended 7 o'clock. I got to see a bulk of the back nine. Um, and I was following it on my phone, obviously. But uh that oh, was yeah, cool well, to have golf going late at night. It was almost like an open championship a little bit. Uh, well, they're typically done. Uh, Not like British late, Island. late at night, but to have it, the sun going down and you still have golf, you know, is a cool thing. I think, um, yeah, for us in the Midwest and the central time zone, like we watch it with a bunch of buddies. We love that. You love the first couple tournaments in the year in Hawaii. Yeah. You know, Saturday yeah. night, watching golf. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you couldn't have asked for better theater, like, honestly, like, and the master's point is a great point because there's a few holes in the back end of the master's. We know that they're very difficult, but also very gettable. And I think yeah. we saw those stretches at Harding Park and the master's and the PGA are typically the two tournaments that you can get the birdies and get this kind of drama, which is actually art, maybe the most exciting to watch compared yeah. to the other two majors. To you know, me, it's silly. You know, yeah, to me, it should like be a prerequisite. Golf. Like, I know that's hard to say because there's famous golf courses in the Rota swing and it, you can't change the course, obviously. But to me, if you're going to have a major championship and you don't have a drivable par four in yeah. the last four holes, like, what are you doing? Right? Well, totally. And I think we've seen a lot more of this setup. The players love it. They clearly love it. It's perfect risk reward. It's great to watch on television. And it really showcases guts and skill. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I, it's cool to see that more. You know, this whole idea of long and tough, actually, kind of short, can also be, you know, can be a little tough, can be taken advantage of. I don't know. Yeah, they've really set it up well. So no, the course was the course was great. So let's talk a few quick storylines yep. uh, before we get into Morikawa. So we have a lot to talk about that. First thing I want to talk about is Brooks. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I've always liked Brooks. Yeah. I personally love, I think most people do. I love watching greatness. And so someone that is always up there, it's the closest thing we've seen to Tiger. I'm not going to compare him to Tiger, but the simple sense of it's a major and he's in the top 10 right now is exciting to watch, right? Can he do it yeah. again? For Especially sure. with the PGA winning back-to-back. Yeah. In a row. He, he was ready to win three straight. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I think he – I don't know if he just had an off day or if he's starting to do a detriment to himself with being so outspoken. I'm never going to tell someone not to be themselves. Maybe that's just yeah. him. So I'm not going to hate. But, you know, the Bryson stuff was funny. Bryson's a little out of control, in my opinion. The guy's – well, I mean, that's that. We all know that the yeah. guy's—he's not—he's actually kind of hard to like at this point. Yeah. he's fascinating, but hard to like. Hard to yeah. like for sure. Yeah, but yeah. Brooks making fun of him—that's fine. You know, it's kind of funny. It's—he's the only one that's probably willing to right. do that. But to call out DJ, his boy, <laughs> and who knows? He's probably just joking around. Right. But to call out DJ and say I'm not really worried about anyone at the top of the leaderboard. Nobody's won. DJ only has one, so I, yeah. I'll be fine. And then going out and shooting plus three, I don't know. Maybe he felt like he needed to press a little bit, or maybe he just didn't have it. But uh, I thought that was a little – that was interesting. I think that'll be interesting to see how that affects in the next round. It's definitely – major. I mean, it's definitely – for the non-Morikawa stories, it's definitely one of those stories. I'd probably see it a little differently, Ev. Um, I think we've given, and rightfully so, him so much respect on the final round of a major. My God, he's – you know. He won, he's won four. He was going for three straight PGAs. He's the best major player we've ever seen since Tiger, right? Tiger mm-hmm. prime. But, you know, he had a good week last week, but, you know, he struggled a little bit on the final round. He hasn't hit it that well this year. He's been injured, you know, I think. And he was struggling to hit his, you know, his signature fade on call Yeah, I was, I was shocked and, that he was hitting hooks with the driver. That had to rattle right. him for sure. So, oh, but yeah. So I think, like, he kind of probably, you know, He's finally starting to play again like Brooks, but he's not, he's been injured and his game's not been super sharp. And yeah, he absolutely probably got a rail when he started seeing it going left, but he's been fighting it left. He's been like, and that's, you know, that's the hardest thing. So Brooks is to me is one of the guys, he doesn't, he doesn't care about anything, right? <laughs> he, he made the great comment. I don't know what, I think it was on Barstool. They asked him, why are you so good on Sundays? I don't know if you heard this. Why are you so good to major? And this is how he broke it down. He goes, well, he goes, you know, the guys at the top usually are just, they care too much and they're going to chill, you know, and I don't really care. Right. So I'm not going to chill. And then the other half of the field, I'm just better than, you know? <laughs> so he's like, if you take that combination, right. Yeah. And he was, and he kind of alluded to that yesterday in his press. Well, that's kind of what Saturday you, night. I think Jack used to say yeah. that. Yeah. And it, and Does it, Jack, it, it played the best in majors because almost everyone else was too nervous. So we knew right. half the field mentally was going to be out of it. Yeah, he was just a little nicer about it than Brooks. Right, know? totally. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think I think I think as Brooks stays healthy and continues to get up there, but you know, we also think he's completely invincible. And look, you know, you're in your two shots out of the lead or one shot out of the lead in the major. You didn't play good. Everybody else, it's normal. Yeah. It just doesn't seem normal. But he had to talk about it, right? <laughs> what about what about DJ? We got to talk about DJ because he <laughs> was zero and three coming in with a fifty-four hole share or lead yeah. of a major. And now is 0 0 for 4, right? And it's kind of crazy. I tweeted on our account yesterday uh, at the Partrain. Follow us if you don't. Uh, 
Yeah, it's a good follow. It's crazy. Colin Morikawa and Dustin Johnson have the same number of major wins. And I'm not going to compare and try and compare For sure. Colin to a 20, I think DJ's 21, 21 wins. wins. But yeah. I'm not going to compare that. But, I mean, you want to talk about a guy that should have at least five or six majors with the way that he's been playing over the last decade? I mean... Yeah, he might, he might end up being the Greg Norman of our generation. And you know, Norman had two British Opens, 20 PGA Tour wins, uh, 100 wins worldwide. You know, so DJ's going to have more PGA Tour wins than Norman. But Norman, Norman had so many seconds, and it was a combination of getting beat, kind of choking at the end. Like yeah. an amazing machine-like ball striker. But you, you kind of think DJ's going to win more majors, but – you're man, you're on it. You're on, there's a trend. There's a little bit of a trend for being how good he is. He was kind of conservative off some of the tees yesterday, and the commentary was alluding to that um, because there's no reason why you know he, he shouldn't have done. It. He didn't play terrible. He shot one under, I think. Right? Yeah, I think so. But but everybody was shooting. Everybody was shooting. The course didn't get any harder throughout yeah. the day like it typically does. So, so it's you, think it's, you think it's you think it's I mean DJ won this year, but then he had a couple really bad. You know, starts after he did yeah. What do you so, think? I, Strat used to talk about this a lot too, in regards to like the best athletes are usually killers, right? We've talked about it a lot in regards to like killer instincts. Kobe, Jordan, you know, Tiger. They yeah, they sure. relish in that moment, and they they will not stop. They know they're going to win, and they will not stop until they do. Right. Um, DJ versus Brooks, they both have, if you compare them for a second, DJ and Brooks both have the lackadaisical, I don't care, even keel. Yep. But Brooks is much more killer instinct than DJ, at, at least externally. He, he yeah. speaks out more like that. He seems to relish and he has more confidence. Yeah. Um, DJ obviously has a lot of scar tissue yeah. based on the close calls, his 80 one or 82 yeah. at Pebble in 2010, and then his whistling straight Swafu with the bunker. I mean, and then an Oakmont. Three, I mean, oh, three yeah, Oakmont. Yeah, Oak, barely. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. There's got. There's definitely a mental. Maybe he I, yeah, needs Ward Jarvis. It, it, well, Ward is doing great. Brendan Todd, you know, was pretty solid on the weekend this week. Um, you know what I? And I think is it Brooks. When we're talking about Dustin Johnson. This guy has dominated the PGA Tour in many ways for the last, you know. Right. But Brooks narrows the focus. DJ, and maybe that we make fun of DJ for not, you know, kind of being dumb, kind of being an idiot. And it plays well a lot when you're not thinking too much out there. But something about he can't seem – his game doesn't quite shine. But, you know, look, earlier this year, what tournament did he win this year? Uh, it's escaping me. I mean, he was in the heat of the moment, and he was actually kind of losing it and ended up winning by one. So, like, he really showed poise. So maybe it's just it's the major, it's the yeah. little major mental, I don't know, lack of a breakthrough. But he's one. It's not yeah, like he won he the Travelers. We're, we're really critiquing him. But his, he's that good that it, deserve, it can deserve this kind of very narrow critique. You know, like, yeah. like, like a Greg Norman, right? He's always there. And Greg won two, and Dustin has one. But, man. God, how does Dustin not have three, right? And Greg Norman should have had five majors. Yeah. You know? All right, before we go to Colin, we got to talk about Tiger. 
All right, what do you think? I mean, I will say this. With Tiger not performing like we wanted, by the way, watching Tiger not perform, I feel myself pressing. I can feel <laughs> the press as a wow. spectator. I can feel him wow. pressing, and I can feel it as a spectator. But beyond that's that. A, that's great to start the week for the <laughs> listeners to hear that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he actually, I think that was the best way for him to not score and be competitive was he was up there he he said himself he felt competitive he just yep. literally didn't make any putts and we've all had <laughs> weeks like that um so we get it but um yeah that's tough to watch when you have i think the second on friday he had like six well, plus put in a put in a proto, put in a prototype putter in the bag you know yeah it's longer i mean what do you think about yeah, that you've uh, had back issues well you know i've actually never thought about it that much from putting I, I, I mean I don't know I, I think it's, it's, it lets him practice more so then look, I guess that's what he practices with he's like well I might as well go with yeah it. I mean I think there's certainly something with a it. longer putter but here's the thing I mean this weather doesn't suit Tiger let's be honest yeah that's true. You know? and there's just a lot for him to play and be competitive plus he hasn't played that much but I mean he, he said in his presser I'm trying to I'm layered up I'm, I need to sweat the whole round stay loose and it's just damp out there you were up there you know how that weather is yeah you know so i think he um i think there's more assuming his health's okay there's more good than bad his irons were just a little off and like in his you know he putted good first round putted bad the second round you know it's kind of about what i expected a tiger but is but his swing is good and he didn't seem unconfident just it just wasn't set up for him this week yeah with all with everything going on I, I, but, you know, come Wingfoot, you know, come Augusta, he just needs to play a little bit more. But if his body tells him not to, what is he supposed to do? Right. You know, I got faith in Tiger. Yeah, it's got to be, I mean, clearly he doesn't have the, it's, nobody's scared of him anymore, right? Um, well, Brooks said he isn't. Brooks is like, you know, I'm not, he's like, I'm not scared of Tiger. He's talking about 2018 and Fall But he's like, if it was a fist fight, it might be different. Uh, yeah. But, but I, I, st- you know, I, I think the U.S. Open, the PGA are the toughest majors for, for, for Tiger going forward. That's true. Yep. One requires a lot 100%. of birdies and one requires a lot, just a lot of everything. But the Masters, we saw that in the British Open, his creative skills, his thinking, his course management. I think a British, assuming, it's, it assuming it's not very cold, like if, if it's kind of normal conditions, even if it's windy, but if it's warm, like I think he can, we saw what he did at Royal Melbourne, you know, the President's Cup. So based so, on what you saw, you feel confident he could be competitive in Augusta. I mean, he could always be. If he plays a little bit before though, right? We're yeah. gonna, it can't just be he's going to play just the majors, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean... It was weird to me to hear him say he was only playing, and maybe he just said this, but he was only playing, uh, I forget what tournament it was recently, a couple weeks ago, because JT and the other guys were giving him shit about yeah. never, not playing. So he's yeah. like, well, I better play and show him up, you know? Right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know what to think of that. I just think, you know, like his Tiger, his putting is not as good as it used to be. That's very common of older players in their 40s. It's just that's the nature of the game. Your nerves – your hands, your, you know, feel. 
But if he's not playing in between majors and you're not in the thick of it, and you're not putting, you know, late in the game and late in rounds when it matters, that's going to go against him. That that's going to go against him. But yeah, but he, but he, I thought there was more good than than bad considering his unique situation. Yeah, no, I thought he, the fact that it was only the putting is encouraging to me, because yeah. um, that that comes on and off. But speaking of Tiger, the guy that made more consecutive cuts to start his career. Let's read it. He began his PGA Tour career with 22 consecutive make cuts, a feat surpassed only by Tiger's 25-cut streak. Oh, Morikawa yeah. now has three PGA Tour wins and two runner-up finishes. The guy, let's just dive into Colin. He was uh, born yeah. in 97. Just think about he, that. Almost born in the guy. 2000s. Uh, he's 23. He's only 5'9". Yeah. Okay. It's a um, But I want to hear your thoughts on what it says what's the 22 cut streak say most about someone is it grit is it patience is it inability to give up what does that say because it's really easy think about the mentality for a second before you answer that you're 23 mm-hmm. you you have your runway you shore up your card right you're probably feeling pretty like there's nerves of being out there And you're also pretty just happy to be there. You're excited to have a guaranteed spot. And you're probably thinking, all right, well, let me just like, you know, try and learn and make some good shots, maybe get into contention. But he, I I think it'd be easy. Basically what I'm saying is to let yourself get cut. You're new. It's, you know, and you go and you, you re go the next week, but he had the grit. What, What is it? What do you think that says about him? Well, I guess, you know, we're, we're, gonna, we're talking about Colin here, but the big young three, right? Champ, Wolf, and Morikawa, right? They're all great, but Morikawa is clearly, right now, he's clearly so too, but. Yeah, you know. too, right. Yep. I mean, this is, golf has got a great thing going with these young guys. But yeah, I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, why, you know, Rory, the best player, you know, in the last 10 years, never showed any of this, ne- you know. It yeah, misses 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 a lot of cuts for somebody who's been, you know, amazing. Um, I think there's a humbleness in him where he um, he just doesn't waver, right? Like, because like you said, when you start making a bit a little bit of money, you know, you start not having a good week. You're worrying about your health. You're worrying about your longevity. You know, you, you just. You, one he kind of has quiet confidence, one, right? He's like the yeah. opposite of Brooks. He's quiet He's, confidence. He said something. He's like, I always felt comfortable in junior golf. I felt comfortable in college. I got out to the tour. I feel comfortable. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, a, that's just – he's worked with the same coach since he was eight years old who's his swing coach and his mental coach. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting, right? Like he's like clearly the set of like values and thought process and work ethic that they, you know, have a, he's got a routine that just, his well, fame and, and fame and this stuff hasn't seemed to have, now who knows, right? You want a major, we saw, we can see what happens to players. Right. Well, let's, on that note, really quick, I know I've said it on uh, the past few episodes in case you haven't listened to the last couple with um, sports psychologist Brett McCabe, we talked about it as well as our last mental game episode. But I saw a video with Colin's coach where they said they don't, categorize anything as a good or bad shot everything is about learning so if he misses a green his coach will ask him all right well tell me about that 
did you hit it like you intended to? Did you misinterpret the wind? Did you not pick the right club? Maybe it's temperature, right? Or maybe you just didn't commit, right? Mm -hmm. And you learn from that and then you hit again versus getting bogged down and upset. So at 23 years old, you know, if he's been coached by that guy for this long, you know he's got the mental chops to really stay within himself and and focus on what he can control, which is his attitude. Well, that's a great, great point, Evan. He's clearly able to block out um, emotions, feelings, results, and just really like just thinks about his process. When I was growing up playing with my coach, I would always play great when he'd come out to the course. We'd go find nine holes. We'd get up to every shot. What are you going to do here, right? And I'd tell him what we're going to do, and I'd hit it. And if, you know, if it was good, if it was bad, hey, so what happened there? What did you feel like you executed? What did you not execute? And those yeah. rounds were great, right? So, <laughs> so if you – and then it helps when you have a caddy when you're on tour, right? You're talking through your shots. But when you, about after you hit your shot, you have that attitude so consistently where you're not doubting you, yourself, you're not doubting your abilities, you're just, hey, what, like, this is a learning exercise, right? Yeah. We can all take something from that, right? For sure. Well, let's look at, let's look at the, his amateur career real quick. So in May 2018, which is crazy, it's two years ago. Uh, he spent three weeks as a top-ranked golfer in the World Amateur Golf Ranking. Uh, he played college golf, obviously, yeah. at uh, Cal Berkeley from 2015 to 2019. Won five times, including the 2019 Pac-12 Championship. Graduated in 2019 with a degree in business. I, I think it's also amazing. All, yeah, I believe he was an All-American all four years, too. Yeah. So <laughs> he had, like, the consistency. I think it's more rare these days to see golfers be that good for that long and to graduate. Right. Yeah. He could, he, he clearly could have left. He, he could have left early when yeah. you're, when you're that good. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean just take, us through, take us through his debut. So we had, I mean, he's been on the, he's been on the tour for what, 54 weeks or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, just missed one cut. He's a major winner. Right. So we had him at the Canadian Canadian open. 2019 comes in top 15 not phased right you know yeah. i think he finished he finished t 14th there um 3m in 2019 he was tied for second um then he tied for fourth at the john deere so like i mean right away he's just he just cashed a bunch of checks and starts getting better um as he goes um and then he locked up, yeah, he locked up his first tour event at the end of the season in 2019, 2020 at the Barracuda. Um, yeah, his tour card. Yeah. Yeah, and his tour card. And I mean, you know, and like, you know, I talked about Cameron Champ and Wolf and him. And it's just like kind of lad these last year and a half. It's like, okay, you know, we're going to, and Hovland, like, here we go, right? And they're all kind of winning. But it was the consistency that you talked about, right? So, yeah. Now, before we go into later of the year and recap his performance, I want to talk about, this just occurred to me. It's funny how, so you, you, you review his cut streak, how quickly he came out on the scene, how quickly he won, how quickly he got a major win. I mean, I know it's our way to try and compare, right? But nobody has done what he did in cuts other than Tiger, right? I believe right. the only people that won a major as young as him was... Well, uh, Jack, Rory, Rory, Jack, and Tiger. And ter- 
I think it was the well, youngest to win the PGA because we got to win the forget, PGA. Don't forget about Rory and Spieth. Right. At their young ages. Right. But so but, think yeah, about no, that for a second. That, but that's a record right? in itself. Right? That's yeah. phenom status. But yeah. why is it that Matthew Wolf seems to have more buzz about him than Morikawa? Is it, let me let me put some options for you. Obviously, the crazy swing. Well, that's that's huge. Obviously, the crazy distance. But I want to reflect on that for a second because I feel like the distance and the flash factor adds to how much people gravitate towards them. Look at Bryson yeah. now, right? Like, I feel like it doesn't seem like people are talking about Morikawa as if he's going to be like the next Spieth, Rory. Well, but Matthew yeah, Wolf, that, that, people are like, we're really jazzed up about Matthew Wolf. Right. I mean, and I think Matthew Wolf has been playing great this year. To talk about him for a second, playing great. Yeah. And he played in, you know, he was on national TV at Seminole with uh, Rory and Ricky sure. and DJ. And, you know, I think that helps this year. But his swing, absolutely. He's actually not that flashy of a guy. You know, he's totally pretty good. But, but his swing is just like unlike anything we've ever seen. And then how he hits it. And then Cameron Champ is the longest driver on tour. I mean, he stays in balance when he hits. And right. he had a couple of wins early. So, you know, the distance thing there. Uh, but he's a real chill guy, too. Yeah. You know, I think um, so Morikawa is just flying under the radar, so to speak, even though he, one, makes all these cuts. But he doesn't hit it short. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? <laughs> he, so, yeah, you know, he averages 296.3 off the tee. That's 116th right. on tour. So, obviously, right. that's not short. Yeah. Right. But comparatively, he's not he's long. Not, he, he's not one of the longest hitters, right? Yeah. He clearly can put it into gear um, when he wants. Um, but like you said, he's five foot. He's five foot nine. You know. Yeah. He's, but and uh, he's so consistent. You know what about twenty twenty Ev? You know, look what happened to Colonial. You know, you know he lost in brutal fashion. You know, people thought that was going to kind of like, you know, could that mess him up? And I think his coach tweeted. He'll bounce back. He always does. And then he goes and wins Muirfield, <laughs> you know, yeah. at the Memorial, right? So, but his, his style, his demeanor, I think, helps him fly under the radar. He clearly seems like a very funny and charming guy, too, though, you know? Yeah. Uh, his face when he dropped the Wanamaker. Yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, to your point, in June, right, June 14th, he tied yeah. the lead of the 2020 Charles Schwab Challenge. After 72 holes, this was the first tournament after a three-month hiatus yeah. due to COVID. So that, to me, is another indicator of just how mentally strong he is. Yeah. To a lot of players, it's like, oh, I'm getting back into the swing of things. It's weird without any fans. I, I believe they didn't have fans in 2020, Charles. Yeah. I don't think they did. Um, but he missed no, the mean, short bar putt on the first playoff yeah. hole to lose to Berger. Yeah. Right? To your point, I mean, that could have rattled him. And then June 26th, a couple of weeks later, he missed his first cut, right, right. at the Travelers. Uh, that's when DJ won, ending a streak of 22 made cuts. So then, so that's an interesting back-to-back moment. Wait, what, was that back-to-back, or when was Mirfield? Because, or, or did he win, and that did, did he come and win Mirfield? And then maybe not back to back, but within a couple yeah. of weeks, right? He, right? he loses a playoff. A lot, ha- a lot happened. Loses a yeah. playoff. And then misses his first cut. For a lot of people, that could be a moment of, okay, what are we doing here, right? Right. Um, 
Then July 12th, he beat JT in a playoff. That, that was, when, yeah. So, you know, at Workday Charity Open. So the, the funny thing is, is that he stayed within himself, playoff. had confidence kind of, to yeah. beat Justin Thomas. You know, he was, was he number one in the world this week? I believe he was back to number one. JT was back to number one, yeah. Yeah, so uh, arguably one of the best players in the world the last five years beats him in a playoff and the win was his first non-alternate PJ tour victory for him. Um, rallied from a three shot deficit with three holes remaining and made the 25 foot birdie on the first playoff hole to stay alive before winning with a par on the third one. Right. So, and I think, and, and you know, when, Ka- when Mark Allen missed that, uh, that, that putt, um, well, formerly at colonial, a lot of people were talking like, Oh, he seems to be kind of a streaky putter just kind of looking at some of his statistics and stuff. But look, you know, what, what's easily to happen, you miss a short putt in a playoff like that, you're like, oh, man, I just – my nerves, I can't get control. And he's just probably like, <laughs> what Not did I learn? goes in. Yeah, or you know what, just maybe I hit that too hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like as opposed to dissecting it into some, like, you know, mental battle he was having. I'm just yeah. like, can we – I mean, so, I mean – Let's break down his stats. Because yeah. I was looking at his stats, and I was trying to figure out, okay – for all the golf fans out there, how is Colin doing what he's doing? There's got to be some nugget in the stats that say, oh, it's because he's really good into the green. It's because he's a really good putter. Because yeah. we know he's not the, the longest, right? He's 116th yeah. in driving distance. He, he led in major, all like three or four major categories this week at the PGA. Uh, so let me get your take yeah. on these stats because none of them are like light bulb, that's it. Yeah, But I think the takeaway for me was he's pretty solid in a lot of them. Yeah. Right? And so here's an example. Like, like I said, 116th off the tee, but driving accuracy is 32nd. Which is – that's good. Good driving. Yeah. Well, yeah. Per, per the driving distance, even though they only take like a few drives a week, but per the, per the numbers, he would be, you know, shorter to, you know, mid-range distance. Absolutely. Right. So he's, a, he's, a, he's 296. When he's when he's using the driver, he's yeah. and his fairway proximity, he's sixteenth. Yeah. So that means that he's yeah. pretty accurate, and when he misses, it's pretty minimal misses, right? Really low dispersion rate. Yeah. Very important. Then this is the great stat here. GIR seventy percent, seventy point two percent. So he's twenty seventh on tour with hitting greens and reg, but then he leads the tour in eagles. Right. Right. So I guess I wanted to combine those two. So it's like, how does a guy who, by the numbers, lead in eagles, but isn't one of the longest sitters? You think about eagles, think about par fives. The longer you hit it, the shorter you have in. That just goes to show you, and you saw it this week, how good he is with his fairy woods and long irons. Like, literally, he just hits him on ropes. (laughs) Yep. And so, actually, (laughs) let me pull this up really quick. The, um, oh, shoot. All right, while I'm pulling it up. Um, I remember reading that those were some of the highest stats actually was his uh, proximity to the hole from like 180 to 200, 200 to 225. Um, He hits his long irons and hybrids so well, better than most people in the field. I think it was top 10 on tour. But then if you look at, to your point about the Eagles, his birdie average, 41st, right? 4.03 makes four Mm -hmm. birdies around. Scoring average 16th. And so right. 
it, yeah. a lot of this, it's like, part of me was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, he's not the longest. He's not the most accurate. He's, but he's so decent in all of them that I think he's not really behind the eight ball very often. I think he's just so consistent right. and he's Correct. managing his game. It seems you, like it's very surgical. You miss cuts when you're hitting all over the map on a Thursday and a Friday, right? Yeah. Right. And you're grinding, you know, all day. Like you're, it's just going to happen. It just mentally takes out of you. He clearly isn't right. And he sprinkles in these Eagles. <laughs> right? right. I don't, I, like, I, that's you know, crazy to me that he leads the tour in Eagles. But we, we got some other good stats here, right? So strokes gained, tee to green, fourth. Strokes gained, approach to the green, second. And he was so he was at the top of this um, this weekend. I think he led the in putting too um, at the PGA Championship. So I mean, like this is his, you know, back to kind of a theme, not flashy, right? But when you're making eagles, there's some real cool flash to that. Right? Like, yeah. Like you know, and then I mean. How about that? How about 16 yesterday when he hit that? He hit that. I mean, I love that he plays a cut. I think a lot of the best players, there's more guys that are playing cuts. He's all he's in such control. But that shot was hard. We saw so many guys try to hit that shot, and so many went left. So many went, Bryson just missed it. You know. I mean, I how funny is it though when you think about golf as the game of inches? That drive, yeah, that Bryson was three inches, if not less, to the lip of that bunker. And if he goes in that bunker, a great shot gets up and down. Now yeah. he's at 12, right? DJ has the opportunity to birdie 18. I wonder I mean, if, um, yeah, well, right. I mean, I wonder if Bryson knew exactly the leaderboard there because I'm surprised he didn't chip that. I think you have a better chance to chip, to make it if you chip it. But, yeah. but to the original point, right? You know, Dustin pulled it left into the hazard that he hold out for, for birdie. But, Morikawa hit a similar drive like that at Muirfield on 14. Remember the hole with um, Justin Thomas and Matthew Wolf? Water in front of the green, and Morikawa hits it to 10 feet. You know, Wolf hits it into the water. Thomas lays up with a six iron. There was, you know, and he hit, and they, he, he said he was thinking about that, you know, after the, they were interviewing him. I was thinking about that moment. Hmm. Just hitting 295-yard driver on a rope. <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny, right? Because if he was anyone else, I remember JT, to your point, had to, he had to do a cut low driver to roll it up. Three wood was too oh, little, driver was too much, right? Right. And so he, he might have gotten the perfect hole for hitting it 296.3 off the tee, being <laughs> night 116. High cut, set up and perfect And high cut, that's his <laughs> shot, right? And it rolls yeah. right up. But I love, and then you watch him, you know, in the last couple, I was like, 18 is a daunting tee shot at Hardy Park, you know? And really, you know, if you can hit a draw, you're going to, you know, really be good. But it's all that trouble's left, and the bunker's right or death. And he just gets up and just hits kind of straight to a high, high cut. I mean, he has such control. You know, he's got that great pause at the top of his swing. Mm-hmm. Great little pause. Um, I think as Chuck Quinton would say, they got, you know, PGA Tour professional we had on a few episodes ago. It looks, what swings have the least amount of moving parts? You compare Morikawa's swing to Cameron Champ and to Matthew Wolf. Yep. Least amount of, you know? Yeah. And those guys are great, obviously, and they're probably going to win majors too, but Morikawa stays, stays with it mentally. I mean, 
Yep. I mean, it's crazy to think about all the guys that have won one but isn't major. It, I don't know about you, Ev, but all this talk about hitting it so far and Bryson, obviously, and look, man, you know, you got to hit it straight. You got to putt when it matters. You got to really take advantage of par fives like Morikawa does. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's. I think it's a perfect example that of complete, him knowing That complete game. package. Yeah, great point. You know? Great point. All right, so I know we're pretty much at time. That I hope that gives people some good context of kind of the storyline of his short career so far and how yeah. impressive it really is. Um, I hate to do this, but it's fun to, so we will. Uh, we have to. When you think about, let's, it's 2020, right? In the next five, ten years, do you think Morikawa – gets to you know a brooks four four or five like i'm trying to think of like a spieth who has three a rory who has rory has four right rory has four and uh, brooks has four and brooks has and, four like and, and and they've all did it in these very short spans and brooks might keep going we don't know but like you know, rory did it in those three years right four, or four years Spieth yeah. did it in those three years and then we haven't seen him from either out of either of them right and JT's at one, Dustin's at one, like Jason Day's at one. I'm trying to when you get to five Dustin Rose is like one. Phil is five, Sevy's at five, Byron Trevino Nelson. and Faldo is at six. Yeah. So let me Byron ask you this. Byron way. Nelson five. Yeah. You know? <laughs> let me ask it this way. Of all those guys we just mentioned, Brooks, Rory, Spieth, yep. DJ, JT. Day. Justin Rose, you got to throw Rose in the mix. He's got one. Of all those guys, who's more likely to get to five in the next 10 years? Obviously, maybe take Brooks and Rory out because they only have to do yeah. one. But yeah. I, I just want to talk about the trajectory of where we think Morikawa could go based – maybe compare him to Spieth. Yeah. Well, right now, man, he looks like – he just looks like the more complete, dependable player. I feel bad for Spieth right now. Yeah, he's he's so up and down, you know, but he's got three. And the thing about Spieth, though, he's won the he won three different majors. He's won right. away from the Grand Slam. Right. That really shows you how complete Spieth's game. I know people want to criticize how complete it actually was. It, it was. He's won eleven yeah. times. Yeah. He's won. He's won more than Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Morikawa seems to have a discipline that I don't know if this new version of Jordan Spieth. Did has and and speed was was putting at such extreme levels so in 2025 five years from now that's what's your number that's 20 that's 20 possible majors to play in i don't think well uh, 20 i guess 22 if you consider this year i I don't think i don't know you think he could get two more morikawa yeah two more yeah i don't think he can get four more i think he can get two more yeah so you wouldn't be surprised if he has three at the end of 2025. Correct. Some people Correct. probably scoff at that and be like, based on how he's playing. But we, we tend to overreact, but, right? But absolutely. But the cut streak is so important. And it's so different. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's so different because what, is that, what does that show you? Boy, he could be a great U.S. Open player. Right? Yeah. When, yeah, the, when it's so tough and you've got to grind so hard. And he goes and wins a PGA, which is known for the, to be the birdie fest. Right, I think you know, you know, and he and he hits it straight. So 
I think a U.S. Open. I just think, you know, he seems to have a complete package. Uh, yeah. But, you know, so who, what about you? You think he's going to get two majors in the oh, next yeah. five years? I think so. Yeah. If I did, think it'll just be interesting to see if, you know, out of yeah. 22 majors, can he snatch three of them? Yeah. Four of them and get, uh, I mean, that's, that's a crazy percentage, you know. Do you, um, well, then, since we talked about these three, what about Wolf or Champ? Who do you like? Who do you like future better? Wolf shot 65 yesterday. I think you know? Wolf, I've always liked Wolf's mental makeup. I, I like picking guys that dominated in college because yeah. I just try and, to me, I think if you're, if you're a top of the top, you tend to usually dominate at every level. Yeah. Um, Wolf did. You don't hear as much about Champ in that sense. I think Champ is more about his distance. He played at Texas A&M and, uh, but yeah, no, that's a good point, right? Yeah. Wolf, Wolf seems like a free spirit kind of player. Yeah. yeah. But Morikawa, man, that was, I mean, when everybody is shoot, playing so well, to go do that, to hit that shot in that moment, that's one of the greatest shots in PJ history, major history. <laughs> wow. I mean, right? I mean, he's the only guy who makes eagle. He wins by two. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That was, uh, but he did, but he did it already at Muirfield. So yeah. I don't know. Right. Great, it was a great start to the major uh, season. And Morikawa, folks, if you haven't looked at his resume. Look at his resume. I mean, <laughs> we basically short... just we basically just read it for you. So uh, <laughs> hopefully you read know it. it. Read it again. <laughs> yeah, listen to this episode again. Um, all right. Well, this was great. Um, if you don't follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Par Train, please do so. A lot of great content and stuff for you guys there. Um, not just to laugh, but to hopefully help your game and life off the course. And then um, subscribe, give us a review. We don't ask very often, but be, if you guys listen, um, I think we could use some more subscribes and, and reviews on iTunes and otherwise. So iTunes, uh, Spotify, let's do it. Yeah. See you guys uh, next week. All right. See All you right. guys.